Welcome to the Generations Church Podcast. This is Brian Nugent, and I'm the pastor at Generations Church. Thanks for listening today. We hope this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Listen, we are excited this morning. Uh, we've got uh, uh, Becky and some of the ladies are going to just be sharing this morning. Proverbs 31 says, who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies. Wow. So it's, it's, it's about character and about, you know, about love and honor. And, uh, and I believe that that's true. Uh, their value is far above rubies. And you know that in your own life. We've had moms. We've had teachers. We've had coaches. We've had all kinds of women that have impacted. Can I finish? I'm ready. Blame Brent. He's the one who went long. I not me. No. Good Lord. I was trying to say something nice, but that just went. So, uh, all right. Well, here's Becky. Give her a hand. I really wasn't trying to boot you out. You know, it's just trying to be time conscious, right? Man. <laughs> I really didn't mean to do that. All right. <laughs> ladies. Man, I love Mother's Day. I love ladies. And welcome to your special day. Welcome to what I hope is going to be the greatest show, the greatest Mother's Day on earth. Welcome to the circus. Right? I know you're like, I live in a circus every day. Why are you making me come in here and be a part of a circus, right? We live, ladies, in a three-ring circus every day. Do you guys agree with me? Yeah, yeah. So we're inviting you this morning to step right up and embrace the three-ring circus that you live in, right? Embrace all that the Lord has planned for you today. I believe that the Lord wants you to not only just survive the circus that you live in, but I'm believing that he wants you to thrive in the circus. Here are some things you may be thinking. Life is chaotic. Yes, it is. Life is a circus, and you think, I'm stuck in the freak tent almost every day, right? Or you may approach the end of your day and you go, this is not my circus and these are not my monkeys. <laughs> yeah? That's, I think I've said that. Some of you, instead of wanting to run and join the circus, you want to run away from the circus, right? You may feel like I'm supposed to be the ringmaster of my circus. Ladies, we're the ringmaster of our homes, kind of. But some days you're like, man, I, I really just feel like a clown in the circus. So we may not be juggling uh, flaming torches, but sometimes life, it's pretty hot in this circus. I'm your ringmaster for the day. I did not wear tails and a top hat, not really my style, but I believe that the Lord has created each of you in such an amazing way. I believe that he has handed you a ticket to live out your life on the greatest show on earth. This day, today, has been in my heart literally for years. You may remember BC before COVID 
we had a ladies event. We were all plans for this wonderful circus event and COVID got all in the way of this. And this has just kind of been rumbling around um, in, in my heart and in my spirit for years now. So I'm so glad I finally get to get it out today. Um, you guys, anybody been to the circus? Wrangling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey, you've been to the circus. Maybe you've seen, there was a movie, just a little movie a couple of years ago, The Greatest Showman, maybe you've seen that. And as you know, right here in our own city in Tallahassee at Florida State University, there are classes you can take to be a circus person, a circus act, right? I know your parents, <laughs> for those students, I'm sure they're thrilled when their child came and said, I'm going to school to be a circus act, right? So great, great use of their money, right? Each circus act, though, that you see, I went to that circus a couple of months ago, um, takes great skill, great commitment, and great dedication to craft their ability to defy gravity, to conquer feats that most of our bodies could never, ever do, ladies, especially after children. Things just aren't what they used to be, right? Um, so things we would never, ever attempt. I've invited some special ladies, some of my friends in the circus to come join me. Megan, I'm going to let you start making your way up here to help me this morning. And we're going to uh, face the chaos and we're going to embrace the chaos of the circus. And uh, these ladies, our staff wives, staff ladies are going to help us share about the circus. They're each going to be a certain circus act. And Megan is going to be the juggler because she has really full hands. I'll move this out of your way so you don't have to bump me out of the way. And she has a really full heart. So Megan, share with us about the juggler. Sure, thank you. Um, thank you for the opportunity to speak. I'm not sure why she thinks that I'm qualified to speak to all of you ladies this morning, but I appreciate it. Um, so like she said, I'm the juggler. So full hands, fuller heart. Most of you guys have seen I have very full hands. Um, but I wanted to start with a scenario this morning and and see how many moms does this sound like. So you get home, you're unloading the car, you've got your water cup, your coffee cup from that morning, you've got your lunchbox, your purse, maybe a backpack or a work bag. Um, you've got somebody's dirty clothes from the day. A lot of times I'm having dirty underwear that are coming home. That's just the stage of life that we're in. Um, and then breakfast bowls from the morning breakfast on the way to school, which we're not the only ones that our kids have like four breakfasts today, right? Is there other people out there that your kids have like four breakfasts before they even go to school? Um, so you've got all this stuff. The list goes on and on. Your husband just like casually saunters in with maybe a lunchbox and a few pieces of mail. And you're like, can you help a sister out, right? And everybody's like, everybody's yelling like, mommy, what you make for dinner? Is the dinner ready? Mommy, I got to go potty. And it just goes on and on and on. And to me, that's a perfect picture of having full hands. Um, but this morning, I know we have all had full hands and it might not be that exact same scenario. Maybe some of you guys, you're washing football jerseys or you're washing baseball clothes. You've just got all this stuff. Um, but I want to focus on having a fuller heart this morning. Um, but before we go into that, I've decided that since my hands are so full, I'm going to set up a sign-up genus for GC kids and GC youth that want to come hang out with my children on the weekends so that my hands are not so full. Um, because let me just tell you, three three-year-olds is no joke, you guys. People told us, but three three-year-olds is no joke. So I'll just, if you guys want to sign up, you can hit me up later. I'll let you know. 
Um, so this morning, though, I want to focus on having a fuller heart. And there are just three things that I think are really important for moms to be able to have a fuller heart. And the first one is to have fun. Everybody say, have fun. We do that in GC Kids, make sure you're paying attention. So um, so honestly, I'm probably the last person that should be teaching or talking about having fun uh, because I just told someone recently that I am the no girl and Bo is the yes man. So anytime the girls come to me and ask me something, a lot of the times I'm thinking of all the ramifications that would happen afterwards, all the dirty clothes that I would have to wash, you know, on and on. So I'm like, no, we're not going to do that. Well, you know what they do? They're like, Daddy, can we do blah, blah, blah? And do you know what he says? Yes, every single time. I'm like, I don't want to wash all those bathing suits. I don't want to do all that. But every single time, he always says yes. But we have to remember that it's okay for the dishes to be piled up in the sink. It's okay for there to be laundry all all over the house. Don't hyperventilate. I know, I almost do. It's okay that there's shredded cheese all over the floor because that's all that everybody wanted for dinner that night, which just happened last week. We had tacos, and everybody just wanted more cheese and more cheese and more cheese and more cheese. And I'm like, there's cheese all over the floor. I don't want to give you any more cheese. Um, it's okay that you can't get the ketchup stains out of the clothes, which I often can't. So if any of you have a magic recipe, please let me know. Um, but we're only going to be in this season for a short time, and things change so, so quickly. So we have to remember to embrace it and have fun and embrace the shredded cheese all over the floor. We have to learn to say yes to more picnic dinners in the living room, yes to more dessert and less real food. Last night, just last night, we were having a party for my niece, and Ellie Grace only wanted chips and cake for, for dinner. And I was like... Okay, well, tomorrow I'm going to speak on having fun, so eat your cake, girlfriend. (laughs) You know, just keep on eating that cake. Um, So yes to more cake and less carrots and celery. Um, And this morning I was just thinking, you know, these are things that apply to my children in the little stage, but maybe later curfews for some of you parents with older children. Maybe you can say, yeah, you can stay out one hour later, just be safe, you know. Or maybe you spend more money on that last prom dress. Pastor Brian's been buying dresses for years and years so you know it's just money right when we run out we run out right so the first thing I just wanted to remind you ladies of this morning is to have fun um number two is to pursue your passions so in the midst of running our day-to-day circus like Miss Becky said it's so important to remember that we matter um you know we get caught up in everything that has to be done and all this list of stuff Bo's like where is this list that you always have things on I'm like it's in my mind I've got I've got a list he's like you want to share it with me I'm like sure I'll write it all down but in the midst of this circus we have to remember that we need to do things that make us happy and that fulfill us and not be ashamed about it for the longest time once I had my girls I was like I can't do anything for myself I have to be mom 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 all the time but that's just not the case and I don't want to be mom all the time I want to be something that makes me happy and not that our families don't make us happy but we need something else outside of that that makes us happy so for me I love to paint I've told Bo before like if I'm ever getting really wound up or uptight like you can just tell me to go paint and when I come back I will be much sweeter if you just give me some time alone I'll go paint Um, I also love to sing. So if you like to sing, sing as loud as you can. Belt it out. It doesn't matter what it sounds like. It doesn't matter if anybody's listening. You just sing. Um, I also love to ride horses. We've been taking the girls to Redemptive Love for some horse riding lessons. And at the last lesson, we had paid for each girl to have a 30-minute session, you know. So we're trying to get our money's worth. And after five minutes, they're like, I done. I all done. I'm like, girl, we pay for this. You better get back on that horse. 
Uh, but they didn't want to. <laughs> so the teacher was like, do you want to ride? I was like, yes, I do. So she saddled me up a horse, and I started riding around. And in the background, I could hear the girls fighting over farm, tours, farm toys across the way. But I didn't really care because I was like, you know what? I'm going to ride this horse around here. Dad's got them. I'm just going to take a few minutes. Um, so I didn't really care that they were screaming in the background because I was doing something that made me happy. And it filled up my cup for just a few minutes. Um, so in the midst of our crazy circus, we all deserve and need to pursue our passion. So take time for yourself. Accept people's offer to watch the kids for a few hours. Go to breakfast with the girls. Get your nails done. Splurge on that dress that you loved and that you wanted. Pursue your passions and find something that truly makes you happy outside of your family. Um, and then the last thing, that the third point today, is to remember and celebrate, which is so crazy that Michaela said that earlier because I was like, I'm about to talk about remembering. Um, the Lord is working. So um, it's important to be able to have a fuller heart to remember and celebrate. So in biblical times and still today, the Israelites would look back and remember and celebrate all that God had done for them and all that he had brought them out of. And they had festivals specifically to remember and celebrate their past. So the first part of that is that we have to remember our past. Um, and we've kind of talked about it, but some of us have been through miscarriages. We've walked through the pain of not being able to get pregnant. We've suffered losses of sweet little ones and so much more. So it's important to remember what led us to where we are today and our journey along the way. Because no matter what you've been through or experienced, it's important to remember the things and the person that got you where you are today. And then the second half of that is that we have to celebrate. I know that, like Miss Becky said, it is often crazy we're living in our circus. My family constantly feels like a circus. Um, everywhere we go, we're loud. We draw attention. People stop and stare. People whisper all kinds of things. People ask, ask us all kinds of questions. Um, but they won't always be asking us questions. We won't always be a circus everywhere we go. Um, and the tent doors to our circus won't always be open. So there will come a day where I'm pretty sure, maybe I won't, I'm pretty sure I will miss hearing people whisper about our crazy little family and asking all sorts of questions. So we have to embrace and celebrate the stages of life that we are in because they go by so fast, and we will look back what, wondering what happened to our babies. So I just have a verse that I want to close with, and I want to speak a blessing over all the ladies this morning, if you'll allow me. It's from Psalms 20, verses 1 through 4, and it says, In times of trouble, may the Lord answer your cry. May the name of the God of Jacob keep you safe from all harm. May he send you help from his sanctuary and strengthen you from Jerusalem. May he remember all your gifts and look favorably on your burnt offerings. May he grant you your heart's desires and make all your plans succeed. So this morning, I pray that even though we all have full hands in these crazy stages of life that we're going through, that we will have fuller hearts. Right. Give it up for Megan. Sure. Actually, it's your mother-in-law. You want me to give it? I'll hold it. We got it. All right. Ladies, we frequently, we're taking on more and more responsibility. We multitask more and more. So just a tip for you jugglers. Focus on one ball at a time. Thinking on every ball you're juggling will make you panic and will make you fail. Jugglers learn to focus their attention on the one that needs to be caught most immediately. So I challenge you, get into a rhythm. Secret of juggling, getting into that. Then once you get into that tempo, you can handle 
um, more and more objects. Scheduling and planning, and Megan is the queen, the queen of scheduling and planning with triplets. You must be. Thanks so much, Megan, for sharing your heart. Linda, come on up and join us. <laughs> Linda, we've got jugglers and fun stuff, and Linda, she's the bearded lady. And it's not because she didn't shave. <laughs> right. Well, I thought I didn't want to be the bearded lady, but then, you know, at my age, some facial hair starts coming from all kinds of places, and you're like, what? Where did this mustache come from? Thank God it's blonde. I'm definitely at a different stage than, than Megan. I get to be the grandmother, which, if you don't know, it's like the best stage of life ever. <laughs> you get to have all the fun and then send them home. So... I love that. But when I think about the bearded lady, it reminds me that we are all unique. We were designed by God in a way that he thought this person can fulfill my plan for her or him. But he designed us that way. The scripture I'm going to use is a very familiar scripture, Psalm 139, verse 13 and 14. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. So, you know, we read this scripture, we, we're very familiar with it, but as women, we tend to compare ourselves to everybody else, or we tend to not like the way that God made us. We spend so much time wishing that we were different. I mean, like my hair is straight, but I curl it every day. Meg's hair is curly, but she straightens it every day, right? Um, I'm short, and I'm always wishing I was taller. When I was young, I wanted to be older, and now that I'm old, I want to be younger. You know, we're always just wishing for something different. Um, but in, in all of God's love and wisdom, he created us in a very special way, just the way he wanted us to be to fulfill his purpose for us. And he gave us different gifts. Romans 12, verses 6 through 8 says, In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the gift to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is to give, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. God gave us all different gifts, and he gave them to us for a reason. I remember when I was a teenager, I wanted to sing and play the piano. I wanted to be up on the stage and sing, but I can't sing very well. So... <laughs> I found, though, that, oh, I was going to tell you this. I took piano lessons two times. I took as a child, and then I actually took piano lessons as an adult, too, but I just couldn't do it. I always got stuck on Jingle Bells. I could not get past that song in my lessons. But I found that what the Lord had gifted me to do was to teach, to teach children. And I remember him specifically saying to me, if I had gifted you to sing and play the piano, that's where you would be. But I need you in the back. I need you in kids' church. And so I had a wonderful, long ministry to children. And now I'm even working in a 
place with kids I've never worked before, helping my husband and ranger kids. <laughs> and I love those little boys. I love those little boys. Maybe it's because I'm a boy mama, but I love those little boys. So today, celebrate your uniqueness, whatever it is that God gifted you to do. It, maybe it's how you look or the gifts God has given you, your strengths, your weaknesses. You're made by God, and you are one of a kind. It's okay to be you. That's kind of the theme. Now, our world has taken that to the extreme of you can kind of be whatever you want to be, anything. Well, that's not what I mean, but I mean within the bounds of God's word because this word is our guide, our map for life. And within what his word says, that's what we need to do. I was going to take the scripture out, but I want to read it to you so it's not on the screen. It's Psalm 119.73. You made me. You created me. Now give me the sense to follow your commands. <laughs> I remember back in junior high Sunday school class, my teacher had posters around the classroom just with encouraging words. He had no idea that some of those words would follow me for the rest of my life. But I want to leave this with you because it really touched me way back then and helped me to know that God had made me the way he wanted me to be. The poster said, I am me. I will always be a second best somebody else, but I'm the best me there is. And you're the best you that there is. So we celebrate you today. The bearded lady reminds us that it is okay to be you, and we celebrate you. Thanks, Linda. You're the best. Linda runs a tight ship, from what I hear, as a mother, as a children's pastor. She doesn't play around. That's why Bo is so well-behaved, right? <laughs> Megan, you can thank her every day, right? <laughs> Renee, come on up and join us. Our next circus act is a tightrope walker. And uh, Renee um, is just a beautiful soul. I love Renee, and I have really twisted her arm to get her to come up here. She's not very comfortable with this. I told her, she said she felt like she needed to throw up. I can have a bucket if you need it, you know? <laughs> Um, but <laughs> Renee's going to be a tightrope walker just sharing with us some. What of you? Take it away. Thank you for that entrance. Um, <laughs> I do not like being in front of people. My husband, the worship pastor, that's, that's him. You put me with a bunch of five-year-olds, I'm good to go. Um, but this just isn't my thing. But you got to obey God, right? No matter how comfortable you are or aren't. And so today I'm going to talk to you about the tightrope walker. When, as Miss Becky said, this was a couple of years ago that we agreed to do this, and um, when she asked us, I immediately was like, tightrope walker is for me. Because especially the last seven years, which happened to be the amount of time I've been a mom, my life has been a little off balance. And so there's been times where I'm walking straight, I'm good to go, and then, you know, a storm, a wind will just kind of hit you and, and knock you off your feet, or, um, you know, a situation might come up that you weren't expecting. And so, um, as I was preparing for this, I was looking, I wanted to learn what a tightrope walker did to keep their balance. Not because I'm interested in being a tightrope walker, because I'm terrified of heights and you can ask my husband even if my kids get close to the edge I'm like oh my gosh back up back up I just I don't like heights and so 
when a tightrope walker is learning how to keep their balance, they're told to don't look down, look forward, and pick something that is constant, that's not moving, and typically they pick the anchor that's holding their rope because it's not moving, it's strong, it's not going anywhere, so they hope. And so as I was thinking about this, I wanted to share a testimony um, the, of something that I went through as a mom um, that might help someone here today. So um, about six and a half years ago, we were taking Junior, our son, to his one-year checkup. And so the pediatrician went in, she did all she needed to do, and they have this, this eye thing that reads your eyes and looks at your vision and stuff, and it wasn't reading his left eye. And so she was like, this is a little weird. I want to I send you all to an eye doctor and just get it checked out. Well, y'all may not know, y'all probably don't know. I, when I was five, I had thick bifocals. And I could not see worth anything, as the doctor told my parents. But I was not surprised that we were taking my child to an eye doctor. I always expected they probably will have to have glasses. And so we went to the doctor. He looked at him. Now, granted, Junior's one. And so we're having to, like, kind of hold his arms while they're doing drops and, you know, all that stuff. He can't read, so they're doing pictures. And it's just kind of all this process. And so the doctor says, you know, there's something in his left eye that just, it's not right. It's, it looks different. And we were like, you know, okay, I want you to go see a specialist. And so we we're like, okay. So we go see a specialist. And the specialist says, something's not right in his left eye. I'm like, okay, look, I'm five months pregnant with my daughter. I'm an emotional mess anyway. I'm like, can y'all tell me what, what is the issue? Like, what are we concerned about? And she said, it looks like he has a tumor behind his left eye. And already being an emotional mess, being five months pregnant, I was like, you know, I, the wind was knocking me off my balance. Was, I just didn't expect it. I, we were going to leave with glasses and be good to go. So she said, I want to send you to Emory in Georgia and we just want to get it checked out again. And so we left there, and I said, God, you know, I don't understand. Like, why are we going through this? Like, he's one, he's going through all this, you know, we're having to hold him and drops and, and all of this stuff. I said, I don't understand. And God said, do you trust me? I said, yes, of course I trust you. I've always trusted you. And he said, no, but do you trust me? He said, I, I hear you saying that you trust me, but I don't see it. And I was like, oh, you know, conviction hits. And um, I said, you're right, Lord, you know, I trust you. And Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. So I say, yes, Lord, I trust you. I'm not going to let the view around me distract me because he's our anchor, right? He's our focus. He's our constant, just like the tightrope walker picks a constant. God's our constant, and he's our strength in these times. And so I said, God, I trust you. So after, after, before the specialist, the pediatrician, very kindly and just out of concern, calls me. And she says, hey, I just want you to start thinking about the road you might go down. Like there's a chance you're going to go down a difficult road. And she said, you need to decide where you're going to fight this. Because if those of you that don't know, my husband and I are originally from Texas. And so actually seven years ago this month, we moved here for the first time. And all of our family is from Texas. So the doctor knew that we didn't have like a family support system. And she said, so if you wanna go back to Dallas, 
I'll get with some doctors. They have great, great hospitals there. You can fight it there where you have support. And so I was like, okay, thank you. <laughs> Appreciate the concern. And again, pregnant, I'm like, emotional mess. So I call my husband and I tell him, I tell him what she said. And he said, I'm coming home. He was here at the church. And he had been praying and worshiping on the way. And he came in and he got in the kitchen and he said, bring Junior in here. I said, okay. And, I, and we prayed. We prayed like we'd never prayed before over my baby. And the spirit of God fell so strong. And he healed Junior, I believe, with all of my heart in that moment. And so we went to Emory and we were checking him in again out of concern. The lady checking us in said, you need to be prepared. I said, prepared for what? And she said, he's young. They're going to have to hold him down. They're going to have to use different things to keep his eyes open. I just don't want you to go in there blindly. I said, okay, thank you. <laughs> and so I went in and I was prepared for the worst. And so Junior sat in Brent's lap and Brent said, do I need to hold his arms? And the doctor said, no, let's try something. And so he took a flashlight and he shined it and Junior just followed it. And then he shined it in his eyes and he followed it. He said, I don't know why y'all are here. And I said, me either. <laughs> but he said, I don't know why y'all are here. He said, there is a spot. It's called a morning glory. He'll probably have to have glasses and we'll have to monitor it every year. But I needed him to say it. I said, is it a tumor? He said, no, it's not. And we left there. And we worshiped and thanked God for all that he had done. Because in those moments when I was getting calls from the doctors and the pediatrician and do you need to move back to Dallas? Do you need to stay here? My view around me was distracting me from the view in front of me. And so my encouragement to you today is no matter what you're going through, whether it's a doctor's report or a dark time in your life or whatever it might be, don't allow that to distract you from the view in front of you. Because just like we sang today, he's the way maker, miracle worker. He will do it. He will strengthen you in those times. There's no way I could do it on my own. He carried me through that. I had never been through anything like that in my life. And so as a tightrope walker walks on their rope, they take a risk. Because that anchor is not guaranteed to hold. But we don't take a risk by walking out in faith and concentrating on our anchor. Because our anchor is unfailing. He will not fail you. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He is our anchor that we can lean on and know that we are going to be okay. So that is my encouragement to you today. Know that he is with you. Know that he is faithful. And no matter what you might be going through, he will pull you through. Great job. Great job. Thanks so much, Renee. What a beautiful testimony. And God is good. He is a great healer. Melissa's coming up next. Melissa's going to be the plate spinner. She's embracing balance and boundaries and I think we can all relate to the plate spinner. Thanks, Melissa. Thanks. 
Becky, and good morning, everyone. I'm so excited to share this morning with you about my life as a plate spinner. So if you've ever watched a plate spinning act, you'll know that it's where the spinner takes a plate or another object in a pole and attempts to spin the plate on the pole without it dropping. So there's not a lot of fancy equipment involved, um, but it does take a lot of hand-eye coordination. So maybe many of you are like me and you have a lot of roles that you fill. I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I'm an employee, I'm a friend. Um, maybe you're a leader, a caregiver, right? We have a lot of roles and with each role comes a set of responsibilities. So those roles represent our plates and those responsibilities make them spin. And so how many of you know though in a plate spinning act, the more plates you have, the more difficult it is to keep them all spinning. And so that's where I find my life in my day to day. I'm spinning all of my plates, trying to keep them all up and going, all of my responsibilities. And sometimes that can be very overwhelming and even a little burdensome. And so when my heart is burdened, I always turn to the word for encouragement. And we find that encouragement in Matthew 11, 28 through 30. It's a familiar passage, but it says, come to me all you who are weary and heavy burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So Jesus specifically calls us here to learn from him because he has a light burden. And as I was reflecting on this passage, I started to think, how can Jesus say he has a light burden? In the time he's living on earth, it, there is tons of persecution of the Jews, there's pain, there's suffering, and he's got the whole world on his shoulders. But yet he's saying he has a light burden. And so what I found from learning through Jesus through the scriptures is that you can be surrounded by burdens, but not be burdened. And this is so crucial for us to understand, because although Jesus faced a broken world every day, he didn't allow himself to become burdened. So how did he do this, and how can we be like him? So there's a couple of things that Jesus does in his life that I think we fail to do a lot of times. And the first is that he maintained balance of his roles. You see, Jesus had clearly defined roles just like we do. He was a son, a carpenter, he was a leader, a teacher, a healer. The list goes on. But with each of those roles came a set of responsibilities. Um, but he knew and understood that there is a time and a season for everything under the sun. And understanding that timing allowed him to keep each of his plates balanced. He understood there was a time for him to learn and a time for him to teach. There was a time for him to heal and a time for him to rest. He maintained healthy balance of each of his plates so that they could keep spinning. The second thing that he does that I think we often forget to do is that he kept boundaries to protect those spinning plates. You see, boundaries are vitally important to plate spinning because plates that are too close together will crash together when they start spinning, and plates that are too far apart will make it impossible for the spinner to be able to reach all of them before one of them drops. Many people think boundaries are a bad thing, or they have a negative connotation to it, but without them, it is impossible to know who we are where we stand and what we will do. You find boundaries all throughout the Bible. God is very clear with what his boundaries are. We know exactly who God is and who he's not. We know exactly what he will stand and what he will not stand. 
And Jesus' life was no different. Many people didn't understand his boundaries. They didn't understand why he couldn't just heal one more person, why he waited till someone died before he came to heal them, right? Why he prioritized rest and why he spent hours or days away um, with the Father. But he knew and understood that boundaries were vitally important and they allowed him to focus on the mission that God had for him. So that's the case with our lives. When we allow ourselves to have balance and boundaries, we can release those burdens that weigh us down. When we focus too much on one role or one responsibility, those other plates are going to begin to falter. We need that balance. And when we understand boundaries are essential to protect us, they allow us to ensure our actions line up with who we are and what God has called us to do. So I encourage you today, if you feel like you have too many plates spinning and you don't know what you're going to do with all of them, I encourage you, like me, to take a lesson from Jesus and let's utilize balance and boundaries for our lives so that we can find rest for our souls and allow God to use us and lead us for the purposes he has for us. Thank you. Thanks, Melissa. Plate spinning. We do it every day. Kelsey Quinn is coming. Kelsey's no stranger to us. We see her everywhere. This woman is a plate spinner, a juggler. She does it all. Today, we can't have a circus without being with the lions. Ooh, the scary lions. (laughs) And Kelsey is going to talk to us about um, choosing courage, being a lion tamer. Well, good morning. I'm so honored to share with you what the Lord has put on my heart. And I am representing the circus act of a lion tamer and I just want to highlight today one characteristic that I think every lion tamer must have and that's courage right it takes courage to face something so intimidating and so fierce like a lion and in the same way it takes courage to face some of the challenges that come our way in life I remember a few years ago I was on vacation with my family at the beach and how many know after about four days of being in an entire you know with your entire family for four days you're like ready for a break right so i decided to go on a walk i wanted to have some alone time and about three quarters of a mile into my walk i started to turn a corner and notice something kind of coming out of the woods towards me and as i made the turn and like looked a little bit closer i saw like an animal coming out of Um, the woods closer to me and I thought it was a dog at first but then I realized it was a black bear I had literally come face to face with a black bear I mean it was probably from me to the first row so not far at all and I was so afraid I remember thinking okay what do I do in this situation what am I supposed to do and I remember seeing a video on Facebook of a woman that like encountered a bear on her hike and how she just remained calm. She didn't move. The bear just kind of sniffed her and, you know, went on its way. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, that's what I need to do. I just need to remain calm, not make any sudden movements. But I have to tell you, my mind and my body was not agreeing because before I knew it, I literally turned around and full on started sprinting back to the condo. And notice I said I was walking. I'm not a runner. I ran so fast that day. I didn't even turn around to see if the bear was following me. I know that I did exactly what you're not supposed to do in that situation. But praise God, I'm here. I made it. But you know how they say when you like face a fearful situation? 
situation that you either fight or you flight, right? I thought I was a fighter by nature, but I learned that day I am a full-on flighter, and I'm perfectly okay with that. But I want to talk to you today um, from the book of Daniel. I love Daniel, and there's no better lion reference than Daniel in the lion's den, right? Um, But Daniel had so much courage. You know, even when his life was on the line, he chose to have courage because he knew that God would show up in his situation. So I'm just going to paraphrase Daniel 6 because I know that you know it. Daniel he was an administrator to King Darius. He was highly favored. He was going to be promoted. And this made the other administrators very jealous. So they conspired against Daniel. And they convinced the king to decree a law saying for the next 30 days, anyone who worships you know, any other gods other than the king would be thrown into a den of lions. Well, the Bible says that Daniel immediately went home, went up to his balcony, opened the windows, and he prayed just as he always did. And of course, the administrators, they were watching him, they told on him, and the king unfortunately had to throw him into the den of lions, even though he liked Daniel. He didn't want to do that. But the Bible says that the next day, the king, he hurried to the den, and he called out to Daniel, and Daniel responded, my God sent his angels to shut the mouths of the lions so they would not harm me. And I love what it says in verse 23, not a scratch was found on him, for Daniel had trusted the Lord. You know, Daniel, he didn't have to pray out in the open. He could have been intimidated by this law. He could have just hid for the next 30 days. But no, Daniel chose to have courage because he trusted the Lord. Daniel knew that he served the kind of God that could shut the mouths of lions. Daniel didn't become overwhelmed by his situation, but he trusted God to show up. And I just want to remind you today that courage, it's not always a feeling, but it's a choice. We can choose to have courage, even when we're afraid, even when we don't know what the future looks like, even when we're waiting for our breakthrough or our healing. You know, we can choose to have courage despite the pain and the hardships that life can sometimes bring. And so let the story of Daniel be a reminder to you today that no matter what you are facing, you can face it with courage. You can choose to have courage in the midst of chaos, in the midst of difficulty in the midst of trial we all face things in life that can sometimes feel so intimidating and so scary but the Lord wants to remind you today you're not alone and he is with you and I love what it says in Joshua 1 9 be strong and courageous do not be afraid do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go and I just feel like today maybe there's some of you in here you've just have been facing a very difficult situation I feel like some of you maybe you've even wanted to give up you feel defeated your burden just seems so heavy. You don't know if you can bear it any longer. Maybe you're going through a financial crisis. Maybe you got a bad diagnosis. Maybe your marriage or your family is falling apart. And I just like the Lord wants to remind you today, do not give up. Do not give in, but be strong and have courage because you are on the winning side. And the battle that you are facing today, it belongs to the Lord and that you're going to make it. And I just want to end with this statement today. Be strong and have courage no matter what you are facing because you serve the God that shuts the mouths of lions and he is always with you and he will never leave you. And I just really felt led during worship just to say 
this. I feel like some of you, I just want to encourage you that you need to get your fight back. I feel like the enemy, maybe he's been roaring over your life, over your family. He's been wreaking havoc. And I just want you to know, but the lion of the tribe of Judah has warred over you and victory is your portion and you're going to make it. You're going to make it. So be encouraged. Stand your ground and have courage today, no matter what you are facing. Amen. And give it up for all these ladies. They've done a great job of sharing life in the three wings, three ring circus. We're all ladies on this journey of trying to be a better plate spinner, lion tamer, the whole circus act, trying to perfect our, our circus act. You don't learn to be a tightrope walker overnight. You don't learn to be a plate spinner overnight. Um, trapeze artists, they fly, they have nets and they practice. Falls occur and plates drop um, and, and that's okay. I want to take just a few things from The Greatest Showman. If you guys saw a wonderful soundtrack on the movie, there's a couple of lines from there. It says, I I'm not scared to be seen. I make no apologies. This is me. I want to encourage you ladies, don't try to be all things to all people or hide away parts of yourself because you fear rejection or you think you're not good enough. You are perfectly imperfect. Go ahead, step up step out, you might be surprised what the Lord wants to do with you when you step up and step out. One of the other lines of the song says, for years I've chased their cheers. And Linda talked about it where we're kind of chasing approval or recognition or validation from others. And I want to remind you, Song of Solomon 4 and verse 7 says, you're beautiful from head to toe. My dear love, you are beautiful beyond compare. You are absolutely flawless. Every one of us has a gift to give. We all have strengths. We have uniqueness. I give you permission today, ladies, to stop focusing on the things you cannot do or things that you feel like are flaws in you. Don't let the voices in your head or the voices of others get in the way of what you are capable of doing with the Lord's help. Allow the Lord to stretch you and challenge you in your three-ring circus. Embrace your uniqueness, your giftings, and your talents, and unleash it on the world. I promise you, you will make it a better place. One of my other favorite lines from The Greatest Showman from one of the songs is, I'm brave. I'm bruised. This is who I am meant to be. This is me. You may be knocked down. You may have had bumps in the road and challenges all around you. Let, re let me remind you again what Linda said. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. God Almighty knit you together perfectly. You are made for such a time as you are in right now, whatever season and whatever circus act you are in. I was supposed to be the ringmaster today. I wasn't going to be another circus act, but the past few weeks I've just been studying, praying for this. And then Kelsey, some of the words you said, I, 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 I felt like I just have to be obedient. Um, sometimes in the circus, there's the knife thrower. Right? You guys know that the, the 
cute lady in her little costume and the guy's throwing knives at her. And um, some days and some seasons, I think we feel like we're standing in front of the knife thrower. The knives, they're hitting all around you. Some of them are coming pretty uncomfortably close to you. You can feel the whiz and the wind as they pierce right next to you. And for some of you, and I believe it with all my heart today, that there are some of you, the knife thrower hasn't been very skilled at missing you, and the knives, they've even nicked you, or they've even cut right to your heart. You have visible open wounds. Maybe some of the knife wounds have maybe even made you rethink everything you've known to be true and everything you believed in your life. I've been reading a book from Jordan Lee Dooley, Embrace Your Almost, and she says maybe there are times in your life that you feel like your faith, what you've known to believe your whole life, and logic, what this world would tell you, that they are at war. Faith says to keep trusting, keep hoping, keep believing, keep holding on to God's promises. And logic just laughs at you and says, don't be such an idiot. Sometimes we, what we believed about God, about another person, or even about yourself end, ends up under intense scrutiny as you wrestle with the wounds that the knife thrower has inflicted, the heartbreak, when you feel betrayed, when you feel let down or even completely shattered. Sometimes it feels like your faith and the logic of this world are at war. And would it just be easier to quit, to give up? It's like everything in you wants to keep believing, but everything around you or that has happened to you makes that seem foolish. It may even feel impossible or useless to hold on to faith that God is still working when none of it makes sense. We sang it in the Waymaker. He's still working even when I don't see it, when I don't feel it, he's still working. I don't have an easy fix for you that have had wounds inflicted by the knife thrower. I don't have an easy answer for you to heal those knife thrower's wounds or to help you in the war between your faith and your logic. But I do want to give you permission this morning that it's okay to question. It's okay to feel the emotions that you're feeling. I would just simply encourage you to ask God, Meet me, meet me right where I am, Lord. Ask him to meet you in your doubt. Ask him to meet you in your fear. Ask him to meet you in your emptiness, in your pain, in your hurt, and even in your anger when you're angry and upset. Ask him to meet you in the war between your faith, what you know to believe, and your logic that it's useless to believe and hold on. Even if you're reluctant to do it, ask him to meet you right where you are. I promise you that if you do, that he will show you who he really is. He will show you, he will reveal himself to you. We can't rely on logic. It will always tell you to give up on faith. For some of you this morning, 
And I don't know who is in this building, but I feel like it's for someone specifically. Faith, it's all that you have left. Everything else has been knocked away from you. It's been everything, your legs, your, everything's been kicked out from underneath you, and faith is all that you have left, and it is exactly the thing that you need the most. So I'm giving you permission. <laughs> Ignore the screams of logic that are telling you to give up hope and to give up faith, and I'm giving you permission to hold on to faith anyway. God uses our pain and our insecurity for our benefit. Whenever you feel like a failure, whenever you feel worried that you're not a good enough parent, you're not a good enough spouse, you're not a good enough worker, whenever you fear you're not enough or that you can't keep up with it all, there is a sense in which God's response is, yeah, you're right, you're not. That is true, you are not enough. Strange, surprising, upside-down good news. You can be a failure, you can be not enough, and then you can stop trying to make yourself big enough or capable enough to carry the weight of the world because God never designed you to carry the weight of the world. Once you realize that, you can taste the freedom of no longer trying to be what he never designed you to be. The upside-down gift of humility, of dying to yourself. It comes in an ugly package, but it's the most beautiful treasure inside. There's freedom for you this morning. If someone rejected you, if someone hurt you, if someone insulted you or was rude to you, it's not about you. Others' brokenness and cold, piercing words are not about you. Instead, it's about them. If your house isn't big enough, your car isn't new enough, your marriage, your kids aren't Instagram-worthy enough, it, it, it's not about you. When you make things about you that are not about you, it's a terrible burden. Deep down, we know that if we could stop trying to people please, if we could stop trying to measure up, if we could stop focusing on our flaws and stop dwelling on rejection, life would be a lot easier. If we could focus less on ourselves and more on God, wouldn't our shoulders feel so much lighter? Wouldn't the realization that it's not about you be such a huge weight lifted off of us? I have to adjust my sight off of me and I gotta put it back on him. I gotta trust in him, just like each one of these ladies says, that can be life-changing. I just wanna say too, if there's someone here and you've never given your heart to the Lord or you've walked away from your faith, and someone made you come in here today, the gospel message of grace is a beautiful reminder to you that we are not acrobats juggling our way into the kingdom of God. Psalms 45 says, listen, my daughter, don't miss a word. The king is wild about you. He's madly in love with you. You can step off of the tightrope of your personal circus and you can rest in the fact that the work that Jesus did on the cross is more than enough for you. 
Ladies, we can accept his limitless grace and his mercy as a daughter of the King of Kings. He has a place at the table for you. And if you have walked away from the Lord, I can't think of any time better than today, a day we're celebrating, ladies, and on Mother's Day, for you to give your heart to the Lord. His arms are wide open to you. All of heaven will celebrate you today. I'm going to ask that you just bow your heads. Let's just have a word of prayer, and then we'll sing a song of worship. Lord, I thank you for each lady that's in this building today. God, I thank you for um, all the burdens they carry, Lord. I pray, I thank you for all the balls they're juggling in the air, the plates they're spinning. Lord, the three-ring circus they're a part of every day, Lord. And I pray that now, Lord, that they begin to feel your peace, Lord, your assurance. Lord, I pray that they know, Lord, that you love them. You created them as a beautiful, beautiful creation. Lord, I ask for hurts, difficult times, Lord, that people are going through. Lord, I pray you reveal yourself. Lord, I pray as ladies, give us, Lord. Let us just sit back against you, Lord. Relax and breathe. Lord, you're an amazing God. You love us so deeply, Lord. I pray, I pray that your spirit, Lord, speak to each lady this, mo this morning in this moment. I ask it in your name, your precious name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Generations Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message today and pray God's greatest blessings on you. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter.